Hello, mi- hello, mixed neck cases and just mixed nest cases. Dog days of podcasting listeners, you might be hearing this too, but uh, this is going to be a regular episode of Netty Bites because we are doing our part two on Babylon Five, Babylon why- Six. No, Babylon Five, no. and why we love Babylon Five. So the new movie has come out. Um, we were supposed to record this before it, but that's okay. What we're going to do is we're going to listen to the feedback that was sent to us. We're going to react to that. Uh, and then we're going to take a break and we're going to go watch the movie and then we'll come back with our thoughts. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. So it's just Tech and I. We did it this way because we knew that people would want to talk about it and we knew that my schedule at least is very, very busy in August and trying to plan anything does not work. So unless you live in my house, you're not in this episode, but you could have called in. You could have given me your thoughts. Rory is very upset. I know Rory desperately wants to be on the episode, but you know, we all know what he has to say. Okay. We know what he has to say. Rory. Exactly. So where would you like to start? Shall we, uh, we've got two pieces of feedback. Let's listen to some feedback. Yeah. Let's start with some feedback. Hi, I'm tech by the way. Oh, right. That's right. Tech's with me. Hi. Because he lives in my house. I do, kind of. Kind of. It's also kind of my house, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, All right. So hang on. Let's throw in the the, uh, voicemail. First up, we've got Aaron from Sci-Fi Dig, the guy that got me into Babylon 5. This is Aaron from the Sci-Fi Dig podcast, and um, I was very happy that uh, Nuchos asked me to do a little segment on Babylon 5 as it's... Uh, one of my favorite shows, and it's always in my top ten, sometimes in my top five. The rest of you geeks understand that from day to day, your list changes, you know. Um, without going, I don't want to go into the history of it, because otherwise this is going to be a 45-minute dissertation, but if you know anything about the history of Babylon 5, the fact that it was made at all is amazing. However, when it's all said and done, and you know a little bit about the backstory, um, I think it did an amazing job. Like, you have a character that quits in the first season, um, I think, yeah, I mean, I know Vincent wasn't quitting, but you have a character in the first season that's no longer in the second season, and then comes back as as an important point to the story. And I just thought that that was just so well done. And it wasn't until uh, well after the fact that I knew that I read the entire story behind Jeffrey Sinclair. But uh, I don't want to get too much into that. I just want to talk about the show and why I think it's uh, fantastic. First of all, um, it didn't emulate Star Trek. Uh, and it, we, were, we were in a time where... Every science fiction show had to be Star Trek, had to be like it. Same kind of phasers, rifles, ships, um, the way you, you transport through space. Um, you know, everybody wanted, they, everything had to take place in space. Everything had to be Star Trek. And in fact, I think Battle of Five did um, achieve what it wanted to achieve and did it in its own way. And I found it very unique. And I thought that was cool. Um, but the thing that sold the show to me were the relationships between the characters. It was something that was done organically. And when you're first watching it, you may not notice that. Um, I certainly didn't. I was excited to have a show about science fiction. Or, I mean, not about science fiction. A science fiction show um, that was decent on television. And um, there just wasn't a lot. You know, there's so much stuff now. People, you know, younger people don't understand that. Like, we had very little science fiction that's why we love it so hard, that older stuff, because it's all we had. Yes, we know it wasn't good. Yes, we're going to tell you it was good um, because, you know, we just want everybody else to appreciate it as well. But Babylon 5 is not one of those shows. It is good. It's got great writing, great characters. And on the third rewatch when I did the podcast and I was doing it, doing an episode-by-episode episode breakdown of the, of the show, 
that's when I really noticed how organic the characters were. You didn't take a man and woman and put them in a room and say, okay, relationship. That's not how it worked. Um, the Lennon Sherry's relationship um, is just so organic. It develops so naturally. It feel, That's why it feels so real to me. That's why it's easy to connect with those characters and feel like you really know them because you've seen them evolve. And it's uh, it's been done so organically. Finally, the, the thing that, that made the show unforgettable in my head and made me realize um what it was a groundbreaking at the time i don't i don't know if it's so much is anymore but and i'm bad with the episode titles but, but my, my favorite i can't say it's my favorite but the scene that stands out in my mind absolutely most about babylon 5 and when you were like holy cow this is so different than anything i've ever seen before was when they are trying to trick the shadows into meeting into a, into a to going to a place that um, they have set up in order to ambush them. Um, and the, Sheridan calls the captain and the crew of another ship and says, you know, you have the fake intel. You have to make it seem real. Knowing full well he's ordering them to their deaths. And it sticks in my head so much like that that was just such an amazing groundbreaking thing that happened because nobody had done it up until then. You're literally the hero and you're telling somebody they have to die as well as their entire crew so that you can achieve a goal. And it was, uh, it was just amazing. And it still is to this day. It's still, you know, even after all this time, you go back and you watch an episode and you still see much like that on TV. But the fact that when Sheridan delivers the line, you can feel the weight on him that he's got to live with this the rest of his life. And you can feel the conviction of the crew, the captain of the crew that's, uh, willing to sacrifice himself and his crew in order to make the universe a better place and to get rid of this evil. Um, it is just, uh, it was groundbreaking at the time. I feel as though it's still groundbreaking and it's something that always sticks in my head. Um, it's, and there's, there's many moments like this, like little things that happen. They're just like, that's interesting. I mean, you know, the one thing that is consistent throughout the entire series is Londo and Jakar and their dialogue. And, you know, the, the way that they turn, they get completely flipped around as characters. You know, Jakar is like, you know, like warmongering in the beginning and then finds peace at the end. And Londo absolutely gets flipped the same way. He, he is, you know, the underdog in the beginning and becomes the ruler and the evil guy in the end. And not that he's evil, but, you know, you get it. You know, um, it, it is just a show that has been unique. I, I don't know anything else like it. Um, you know, we live in a time where there's a lot of money spent on shows, a lot of great writers, and a lot of great content out there. Some creators have had things turned into TV shows like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. But this was uh, a unique experience and still is. Um, I'm excited for the Blu-ray set to come out that's coming. Um, not not only not only the new, obviously, the animated film, which is what's bringing all this on. I'm excited for that as well. But I'm excited for the Blu-ray set, even though it's not going to have all the special features and things like that. But... The price needs to come down a little bit, but I'm still excited. I'm still excited we're getting on Blu-ray. I mean, I, I know that some people grouse because we're not—they're not updating the effects and stuff like that. But the way I look at it um, is, Blu-ray is more durable, and it's going to be a little bit cleaner. Um, I've watched the HBO stuff; the stuff streaming on HBO, and it does look good. So, we, you know, hopefully, this show lives on forever and ever because it's solid. Um, maybe one at one point in time, you guys will do or just do a. a, a podcast about crusade and i can weigh in on that as well it's been a while since i've watched it but anyway this is aaron over and out that would require us to watch crusade yeah i i've been meaning to watch it i just (laughs) it's one of those things where if i watch crusade 
that'll be the last of the Babylon Five content. It means I've watched it all. Right, right. Exactly. So it's you, you kind of you don't want to read the last chapter of the book because you enjoy the book so much, right? But why, why, gonna, why are you talking about my episode, my 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 book about Judzio Dax in the back room there? Right. <laughs> uh, the last few pages, I don't want to finish. It's so good. So it. it well, this is going to be a really short episode because I really don't have much to say. I, I think Aaron summed it up pretty perfectly there. That's that's exactly why uh, I love that show. That's exactly how I feel about the characters. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this movie uh, for, you know, the, the saunter down memory lane. Exactly. And we've already pre-ordered the Blu-rays. Uh, it's a little upscaled. Uh, as I've heard, what was on HBO is, is a little bit better than what's on our DVDs. And I'm good with that. Uh it's not going to have the special features, but you know what? I still own the DVDs. I can still listen to the commentaries on the DVDs. The DVD commentaries are fantastic, by the way. Um, but he did bring up uh, an idea mm. for that I had for another episode, and maybe our uh, mixed nutcases, you know, chime in if you want to if you want to listen to this episode. But um, he mentioned that you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of sci-fi, so we stuck to what we had. And we thought it was good. We knew it was bad. We wanted it to be good. We remember it as good. We should do an episode on trash sci-fi we grew up with. Oh, things that are not as good as we remember. Oh, that that never will be because they weren't good then either. And the there's even one. cats. Oh, man, I got another one, though. Yeah. Made by one of the guys that made Babylon 5. Mm. So it was uh, JMS and Douglas Nutter. Yeah. Douglas Nutter worked on a show called Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Oof. Had like 3D laser effects, and you could buy toy guns to shoot at the TV screen during the TV show. Okay, that just sounds cool. Though. Yeah, it sounds cool. It, uh, man, you thought the effects in uh, Babylon Five were dated. Well, you know, but it's uh, like think about that. That's like the beginnings of AR. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is. But it, it, it goes by one of my rules. If you have to tell me in their name that your character is evil, you didn't do a That's good job true. of writing your character. Except so, if you were talking about the characters that are in the Evil League of Evil. <sighs> We're not, know, allowed, we're not allowed to talk about him anymore. That's right. That's right. Moving on. Moving on. But the, the evil guy in this Captain Power show is called Lord Dread. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. And it just gets worse from there. But anyway, uh, moving on. Babylon 6. Uh, five. <laughs> four. No. Not four. Not the one. Not the one. Five. Not the one. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. And, and it's interesting how there's episodes that stick with you. There are episodes that stick with you. And not a lot of TV shows out there change your worldview. And there's one piece from Babylon 5 that has kind of changed my worldview. And it's, I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, it's something that Marcus says. And Marcus says that he takes great comfort in the uncertainty and the unorganized and chaos of the universe. Mm -hmm. Because how much worse would it be to live in a world where we actually deserved all the th bad things that's, that happened to us. That's a fantastic quote. And there's one very similar that always stuck with me, which is um, it's one of the episodes with the original doctor. Mm, Frank Franklin. Is it Dr. Franklin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where he's um, going on his walkabout or whatever. No, there's an episode which is dealing with an alien race that the, the little boy alien is about to die of a very correctable, easily operatable surgical procedure, but the alien race, the, the parents have a religious and moral objection yeah. to surgery. Yeah. But Dr. Franklin cannot let this child die, and he performs the surgery anyway beyond the wishes of the parents. And, that and then the parents alienate the child. Right. Yeah. Literally. Because um, they're aliens. Get it? Yeah. 
But the um, the the at one point somebody asks him about his faith, and he describes uh, growing up on Mars. He describes being a deist, mm. and uh, it it sort of hit home with me, and sort of sort of encapsulated a lot of the feelings that I had as a as a young guy, as a as a teenager at the time, struggling to find my own faith. And uh, it's weird that a, a dorky little science fiction show that played on Sunday afternoons uh, would be shaping my worldview and shaping how I see my own faith, but it really did. Mm. Um, and there are there are one of the big things about about this show that I've always loved is that I don't remember a lot of the episodes of Babylon Five. I remember the characters. Yeah, the characters have stuck with me and who they are, and I could I could go on long diatribes describing to you the personalities and would I want to sit down and play a game of cards with each of the people, or who would I want to have a drink with, or who do you think I could beat in a fight? You know, I don't want to play cards with Londo. No, because he, he cheats, cheats and he uses tentacles, and that's just yeah. gross and weird. <laughs> See, we know that. <laughs> but but I definitely want to fix up a bike with Lanier. Oh, absolutely. And I want to go for drinks in the Zocalo. Yeah. And I want, to, I want to go down to Brown Sector and maybe try to cook some barbecue for the Pac Marat. You know, they call it Three Days Dead. I call it aged. Dry <laughs> aged. Dry aged. aged. There you go. <laughs> you know, I, here, here I am running a southern barbecue joint in Brown Sector catering only to the Pac Marat. You know, that, that's what I love about the show, that I, it, it built such a beautiful world that it's now stuck in my head. Uh, the Drazi and their fights, the green versus purple. Oh, yes, the Drazi. It, it definitely had a rich atmosphere of this is a world with a lot of cultures, a lot of aliens, and it it's not just a bunch of weird things glued onto somebody's forehead. Uh, a lot of in-depth culture was brought into it, and nothing was skimped. I mean, are, are we surprised this is was created by somebody that had a great career in writing comic books? That, you know, you, you world building is part of comics. World building is part of this. Oh, it's evident. Yeah. So let's uh, let's take a listen to our second bit of feedback here. Give sure. me one second to load this up. We're going to listen to Shane. Hello, Nettie. Hello, Tech. Uh, this is Shane and Tim with our five-minute chat of what Babylon 5 means to us. Hello. So, Tim. Hello. Uh, so when did you start first watching Babylon 5? Oh, well, um, now you expect me to say when it was originally shown, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, no, but I didn't. I didn't watch the original run at all. I um, came to Babylon 5 a year after after it you know, finished showing for the first time in this country. Um, okay. So we're, we're talking about, I think, 1999. I, mean, I knew about it, but it was to me it was just a... a another sort of Star Trek-type show that was shown on Channel 4 that I, you know... Um, that's what I knew about it, so I wasn't really that interested in it. And then I read an article um, in um, a satellite TV magazine saying that the Sci-Fi Channel were about to repeat the entire show from start to finish. And if you'd never seen it before, this is a great opportunity to get into it now. And there was a massive article about the history of it and what it was all about and all of that. And I thought, oh, this actually sounds really interesting. So I'm going to give it a go. And uh, I watched The Gathering, then I watched the first episode. Midnight on the Firing Line, and uh, yeah, I was just hooked from that point. Completely hooked. Really enjoyed it. Loved the story. Loved the characters. Um, then I continued watching, but because um, I shared a TV with my parents at the time, um, I can only watch it when they weren't in the room, and they weren't, weren't really that fond of it. Um, so I only got to watch a few more episodes and didn't get to see the rest of it until I was at university, where a friend of mine had 
all of Babylon 5 on VHS in box sets. And, uh, and we watched the whole thing um, then uh, over the course of a few months at uni. And from that point on, I was just a massive, massive fan. So I say came to it late 90s, early 2000s. And so, yeah, I, I've been a big fan of Babylon 5 now for, for only about 20 years, which is, you know, not as long as other people. But uh, but it's, it has become my all-time favourite um, science fiction television show. first watched it on its first run on Channel 4 at 6 o'clock on a Sunday evening. And I will always remember that because uh, the commercial breaks in the U.S. are longer than the ones over here in America, uh, sorry, over here in the U.K., that instead of it running for an hour, it only ran for about 60, uh, 53, 54 minutes. And they had to have, have an extra program at the end, which would backthink, <laughs> uh, to run, which, which would run for about 6.52, 6.53 to the top of the hour. You see, I, I, I wish I wish I'd watched it now when it was originally on because mm-hmm. I would have seen Backthink as well. So, what specifically was Babylon Five to you? I mean, well, I I dismissed it as being another Star Trek type show. Now I can't compare the yeah. two because they are completely different. Of course. Um, but I realised it was a lot. Well, it wasn't anything like Star Trek at all. Um, and yeah, I'm not not dissing Star Trek. It's it's you know it's it, it's a this is showing its own right, but I was looking for something you know that was different, and that's what Babylon Five was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's to me it's the story and the characters and the writing. Um, that's mm. what really made it shine out for me because um, yeah. I I really got you know a real deep connection with the characters watching it over you know from you know from the start all the way you know to the end. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's lots of great stories you have the big story arc as well mm-hmm. um that 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 goes throughout the whole season there's several you know different arcs and payoffs and you know and all of that stuff that happens with babylon 5 uh and it just takes you on a journey which no other show oh. of its type does uh, oh, and, it's, and it's one show that i can happily sit and watch you know from start to finish um multiple times uh, and watch oh, it every single time with with utter, utter joy, and there's no other show or, of its type that does that for me. Mm. And, and it also rewar- rewards the audience because obviously when Babylon Five was first made, there was no, there's you know everything was episodic. Uh, you know you watched you could watch Star Star Trek: The Next Generation any order you wanted. So Babylon Five really re- rewards the audience by you know having that art plot, and it didn't treat the audience completely stupid. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's probably like, you know, a couple of episodes in Babylon 5 in each season that you can probably watch in various orders because there's some episodes that don't really relate to the overall large arcs that go on. But there are some that you do need to watch in particular order for spoiler reasons and also for it to make sense. Um, but yeah, as, as you say, there are, there are setups which are set up earlier on and then later on they pay off and a lot of them pay off, you know, a lot later down the line. So, you know, yeah. if you have the patience to 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 go along with Babylon Five, then you really get rewarded. You know, when those payoffs happen. Oh, definitely. And that's and again, that that is just something I haven't had with other shows. Whereas, you know, Babylon Five, um, you really get it. And also, if, even when you know what they are, when you've watched it before and you watch it again, you're, you're still looking forward to those bits coming up when you watch it again. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I can watch it over and over again and never get bored of it. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there, there were some certain, certain standout moments uh, of Babylon 5. I mean, the, the thing that really stands out to me, the one moment, actually, that Babylon 5 that really stands out to me, and I was actually listening to the the uh, music from this particular scene before me and Tim started recording. Uh, but it's from a moment in season four, and spoilers uh, for season four here, uh, but it's the one that episode that Sheridan goes into the bar with Michael Garibaldi and gets beaten up. And then they get arrested by the Earth Force Patrol. Yeah. That particular piece of music is one of the best pieces of music. Well, not just in Babylon Five, but in nineties television, totally. Also, the the score in Babylon Five uh, and the theme is, you know, is, yeah, is just um, absolutely brilliant and only fits that show. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, doesn't oh, go with anything else. But it, it really, you know, it. it it takes you on that emotional roller coaster. It, it it wouldn't. I don't think it'd be half the show it was without the score. It's it's okay. it's one of a kind. And if okay, if there's anybody out there who still hasn't got round to watching it, where have you been? But honestly, yeah. watch it from start to finish. You will not be disappointed. I definitely. But you can you can forget about Crusade. That's a matter of opinion. Well, yeah, we have yes, It's my opinion. <laughs> it's your opinion. It's not mine. But yeah, but that's another discussion. Yes, another discussion for for another time. But uh, yeah, thanks for uh, joining me here, Tim. You're and, welcome. Yeah, and uh, yes, uh, thanks to Nutty and Tep for doing this amazing podcast. And we'll yes. both see you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So, a uh, uh, crusade gets brought up again. Only Shane doesn't like crusade. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've yet to see somebody say, "Oh my god," you know. Crusade is the best. Nobody says that. They're like, nah, it's another season, you know? It's another season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think, like everything else, it's it's worth watching. I mean, I can't say I agree with Tim that I can watch it from start to finish and find joy in every single episode. Um, season five, it's rough. Yeah. Well, we talked about we talked about that in the previous episodes. The why it's rough, and it yeah, is rough. It and, is rough. Um, no, it's 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 like the like that old joke about the original series, right? Seventy two episodes, about thirty good ones. It's like yeah. there there are some absolute stinkers in, or at least parts of the episode are big stinkers. Th- there are some absolute stinker episodes, and then there are some where the a plot is great and the b plot isn't, or the b yeah. plot's fantastic but the a plot isn't. Um, I mean. Like that episode with uh, Londo Malari cheating at cards. Yeah. That's not the A-plot. No, that's the B-plot. I don't remember the A-plot. I, I would have to look it up. Right? Uh, next time, Ivanova, we do the negotiations my way. That's a B-plot. That's a B-plot. That's a great episode. What does it taste like? Seven credits, if you remember. Uh, if you can believe it. If you it. can believe it, you know? yeah. yeah. That's their Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is dead episode. And that's yes. actually in season five. The, the A-plot, uh the B plot, yay! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree. It really is subjective, and there's definitely, you know, not every episode is absolute joy, but it's good. It holds up, and for the time, it definitely wasn't Star Trek. It definitely wasn't Star Wars. It was its own thing, telling its own story, and changing the way that we tell stories on television. Completely, sure. completely revolutionized it. Yes, and all of that came from one of the co-creators of Shira. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. I love that. So um I say we uh we go check out the smoker, grab some food, uh pull up far from home on the television sure. and give it a glance and then we'll come back and we'll finish this up. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you soon. See you soon, people. Bye.
All right. So that was the movie. We just came back. We just finished the movie. And it's on Apple. That's where we had to go. That yeah, was the first it, thing. It took us a while to hunt it down, but we yeah. got it. I don't know why I thought it was on HBO, but it is not on HBO. Uh, the Road Home is on Apple TV. There's other places that you can get it. Uh, Amazon Voodoo in the States. Uh, but we got it on Apple TV and we purchased it. So yeah, it wasn't available it. for rent yet, right? Yes. It, it will be available for rent at the end of the month. So okay. if you are waiting to rent it to get the cheaper version, or if you have Apple TV and they say it's going to be included or something, I don't even know. Um, we don't have Apple TV. We just, we just bought it. We just bought it. And you know what? I don't mind giving JMS a little money for that. That's, that's fine to me. That's how, that's how we say that. Yes, we like this. After all these years. Yes. You give me more B5, I'll pay for it. I paid for it, so I'm happy. Yeah. And and it may, that's one thing I wonder. Is this a taste of a new series? Is this a taste of a new medium? It, it, sort, it sort of felt that way. Um, really sort of, you know, maybe setting the stage for another story that they want to tell. I, I, I don't want to drop too many spoilers for people that haven't watched it yet. No, but, uh, no spoilers. Um, it really does have that feel that if, if they wanted to this to sort of bookend the series if they if this was the end it could be if they wanted to open it up it could do that too you know absolutely absolutely and there's more stories to tell and i'm very happy to have more stories to tell uh give me stories uh, especially in this universe a lot of fun i like the art style i, I had a couple problems with it oh uh, the big hands the, the big hands was one thing the um the characters um I don't know. They went in a direction with the faces, and some of them, like Delenn, mm-hmm. I think, looked like Delenn, but Dr. Franklin did not look like Dr. Franklin at all. Okay, but Dr. Franklin's really not a descript-looking character anyway. Well, no, but I remember what the actor's face looked like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will say about the art uh, that I noticed uh, that I thought was really, really good is that characters in the show that were left-handed were animated left-handed. Now, that is a tiny little thing that could have gone by completely unnoticed. Yeah. That, you know, we just happen to know from having watched the show that Bruce Boxleitner is left-handed, and then when they show him holding a rifle, he's holding, holding it to his left shoulder. That is a an interesting little piece of attention to detail that they've done that uh, I thought was super cool. Yeah. And as I was watching it, I was reminded of... One of the things that has always kind of bothered me about the show, mm-hmm. one of the big things about Babylon 5 that they always talk about is that the station slowly rotates. Yes. And that's how they get gravity. Yes. By, you know, the, the, the force of the, of the rotation of, of the space station. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So the station is shaped like a big cigar. There's a door at one end of the cigar, where all, like, which is like the shuttle bay where yeah. all of the spaceships go in. So the door is rotating because the whole station is rotating like a, like a cigar. Why mm-hmm. isn't the door circular? Why is the door longer on one side than the other? Imagine trying to fly a ship but into this door if the door is constantly changing shape. So that means that you would have to match the... Ro- especially that shuttle that they had yeah. when they went down to the station, the one that's got like actual wings. Yeah. That means that to take off or land, you have to match the rotation of the station perfectly or you're a wreck. Yeah. Why not make the door a circle? Well, uh, why not make the doors to their quarters a square? Uh, and I understand. It's the stylistic thing, right? And yeah. that's how, and why do the doors never, why do they never slide just left to right? Why do they always have to slide on a diagonal? Be- 
because it's future and spacey. Exactly. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed the the attention to details, the little cues of all right, what uniform are we seeing here? Which version are we seeing? Uh, little references, little little in jokes. I'm not going to spoil any of them, but there's a lot of them. I read while I was looking up where to find the, you know, where to where to stream this. Um, I I happened to glance at a review, and somebody said, "If you're a fan, you'll love it." But can we knock it off with the little jokes? And I was sitting here going, "Are you kidding? That's the heart of this thing." Yeah, you, but you know, at the, at the beginning. It, it sounded like a Brooks Botlightner stand-up routine. It was just like <laughs> sass after sass after zinger. And it just... I, oh, I ag- no, not tachyons. Yeah, you know, I agree with it a little bit that it it, it 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 felt a little schlocky at the beginning. It's like, I get it that the humor was always an important part of the show, but in the beginning it seemed like a little pushed. Um, but the one thing I was I was stuck with, what it really reminded me of, I don't want to get into the plot and everything. I'm just going to talk about feelings. Mm. Is there's a video game series that I really, really love called Mass Effect. Yes. At the end of the third Mass Effect, which also has to do with a giant space station and a bunch of aliens fighting a war against evil shadowy aliens. Very, very similar to Babylon 5. Mm. Um, At the end of the third game, there was a piece of DLC that came out called Citadel. Yes. Which was the last DLC produced for the original trilogy, and it was kind of a farewell to this series. And while there is an important story in the DLC of you, you know, fighting a bad guy and, like, having to, you know, save the universe like you always do, the B-plot to the DLC is you're planning a party. Okay. And depending on which characters you have, how you interact with them, and what you do, the party changes. Who gets drunk and passes yeah. out in the bathroom, or who dances with who on the floor, or who sneaks a kiss at one point? You know, it it's very very cool, and there's a lot of replay value if you want to see all the interactions at the party. Yeah. But what it really does is it's a goodbye letter to the franchise, to the trilogy, and that you you kind of get to see the relationships between all the characters that you've cared about over the you know 300 hours that you've been playing this game series, and it it feels it leaves you feeling so good because you get to watch this really cool party happen with all of the characters that you've grown to love over the years and that's what this movie felt like it felt like that citadel dlc to me where it was kind of a goodbye letter to babylon 5 where i got to see just one more little glimpse yep of all the characters that I love so more, and I got to watch them interact. I got to watch, you know, Londo and Jakar antagonize each other <laughs> one more time. I got to watch... There's so many lines I'm trying not to say because we're not spoiling anything. I got to watch Lanier be insufferable yes. one more time. I got to see Zathras annoy everyone one, one more, more time. time. And the only thing, I, the only thing that I really didn't like about this is that I wanted more. And I was talking to you about this before, and I'm not going to mention the names, but there were certain characters where we're like, oh, man, but we didn't get an interaction with this guy. And, oh, this one character I was really hoping for a little bit more, but all we got was a taste. I wanted more. More. Because at first, like the first act of the thing is a door opens and you get to meet 
you meet a character, there's an interaction, the door closes, the door opens again, it's another character, you have another interaction, and it's just, man, is this what it's all going to be? Is this just a trip down memory lane with all my favorite characters? I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. As much as we wanted more, that's a good feeling to have, because one of the things that I like about this is it had really good pacing, and it could have dragged on for a lot longer. They could have done the whole Lord of the Rings goodbye and done a million and oh scenes, yeah, yeah 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 you know and and fans would still enjoy it, but it wouldn't be as tight. This was a tight runtime. It it only had enough story for what they were going to show. You know I, they I, didn't go on. They didn't add it. They didn't pad it. It it was tight. It was clean. It sent a message. Reminded me of my wedding vows a little bit, but good, good story. So good story. Reminded you of your wedding vows? Yeah, we'll talk about the the the, the whole at the rim. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, there's some things I'm like, wait a minute, I've heard that before. Now, um, the the one thing I will say, um, uh, two characters that I I can talk about that I missed is that one, there was no giant praying mantis trying to sell me something. No, no. And I wanted that praying mantis dude because he's cool. Yeah, but and, he was in Brown Sector. We didn't go down there. I miss my favorite character. I wanted more Kosh. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think you can have too much Kosh. Well, you can. <laughs> well. But I'm not going to go into why. No. But yeah. But I, uh, I, yeah. I, missed, I, I missed. We had Kosh. I wanted more. We did get a great Kosh answer. Hmm. Why? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I think it was a good time. I highly recommend fans give it a watch. Give it a give it a purview. It is going to be quite fun. Yeah. I would say that if you were a casual fan of B5, this may not be up your alley, but this is this is one of those things. This is like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. I have a question. It's, it's not something it, th- th- this is a love letter for fans, mm-hmm. I think. So, if you're a casual fan, eh, it may not be your thing. If you're a diehard B5er, yeah, you're going to like this. I have a question. Yeah. Have you ever met a casual B5 fan? That's a fair point. That's a like, fair point. Guess I, what, guys? Buckle up. You're going to like it. I didn't watch B5 for a long time because I used to say, I used to think that there were like limits to my geekdom. No, there are no limits. Uh, but for a long time, I said that I was a geek, but I'm not like a super geek. I mean, I don't watch Babylon 5. And, and then I started watching Babylon 5 and I was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing. And You're welcome, I leveled Nutty. up. I leveled up. You're welcome, Nutty. Uh, it was, I, I, uh, I, I'm not. I'm a Trek fan. I'm not a huge Trekkie. I don't go to conventions. I go to conventions now. See, I leveled up there. I got better. I got better. <laughs> Weren't you advertising yourself as the queen of the geeks for a yeah, while? Yeah, this happened after I leveled up. You oh, know, okay. this is the, I am still the geek queen. But there was a time that I thought that was a threshold. Uh, so I don't think that there is a casual B5 fan. Even somebody who was like, oh, yeah, I like that show. They are not a casual fan. I was going to say, like, Geek Queen. Isn't that like prestige levels? Yeah, that is definitely prestige <laughs> levels. Um, but speaking of that, at one point, there's one scene where you even said, why does this feel like a video game puzzle? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it reminded me a lot of Galaxy Quest with the whole, this is a badly written episode when they're they're in an engine room full of, like, swinging pendulums and moving platforms. And, yeah, there's a scene yet again in an engine room. Well, where- they, they, they hang a lantern on it. They actually mention, they, they make a reference to Galaxy Quest in this thing. There is a reference. But um, there's a lot of references. There's a lot of in-jokes. I love it. But we're not going to go into it. Copyright, you know? Uh this this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. This is probably... I, what I love is no one knew this was happening. 
There was no buzz. There was no, oh, we're going to get the band back together. Well, oh, were, we're in the middle of casting. There was none of that. It was, this thing has been made and it's going to be released. That's when everybody first heard about this. They were working on it during COVID and then were just kind of keeping it quiet because they had no idea when they could release it. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, guess what? We can release it. Yeah. But uh, honestly, like, give me more of that stuff. That's wild because sometimes you build up so much anticipation for a project that there's no way it can live up to it. Oh, yeah. um, this was just a pleasant surprise. <laughs> and... No Man's Sky. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Ooh, Yeah. But this was a great, pleasant surprise. I'm really happy. And if we somehow get more stories in this universe, I am all for it. If we don't, I'm also good. It was a great way to end the series or a, good, a great way to kick off a revival. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm curious to see if it goes on where they can go with it yeah, or what they'll do. But um, it definitely tells me that it's time for a rewatch and we are probably going to have to watch Crusades. Yeah, we can, yeah, and maybe some of the other movies that we missed. Yeah. I know that you don't need to see Crusades to see this because they couldn't use anything from Crusades. Yeah. They didn't own the copyright, but I'm I'm very happy to uh to give that a go. Um yeah, cuz what's what's better than some more of your favorite shows? So I want to thank um, everyone that did record something. So we want to thank Aaron, who, by the way, again, I will say, is the reason I started watching Avalon 5. I listened to his reviews without ever watching it and said, you know what? I think I got to watch this show. And then I started watching it. So it is Aaron's fault that I I fell in love with Babylon 5. Um, and probably Aaron's fault that I'm podcasting as well. But that's that's another thing. Uh want to thank Shane and Tim for giving us that nice review as well. Thanks, guys. Giving us uh, that feedback. Thanks a lot. You definitely made this part two a lot more fun to do. Absolutely. Um, and I'm very interested to hear what others thought of the movie. Um, did you watch it right away? Are you waiting? Are you listening to this three months from now and you finally got around to watch it or even three years from now? Go ahead. Let us know. What did you think? We'd be very happy to hear. Yes. Come unstuck in time. Yes. Come Le- unstuck in time. Le- leave something in our in our inbox and let us know what it was like when you watched this in the future. And, and what was your alternate reality like? What are the lotto numbers? <laughs> well, it won't matter. It's an alternate reality. Ah, crud. Doesn't help us. Uh, but uh, yeah. Let us know, and uh, I guess we'll uh, see you the next time on Babylon 5. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42. 